0: Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles framework. Today and in the coming months, we have some special individuals we would like to introduce you to. This past year, They were each recognized as Superintendent of the Year for the extraordinary work they've accomplished in their school districts. We're excited to have them joining us on the podcast as we enter 2023 to discuss their successes, challenges, and learnings over their continuous improvement journeys. With that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Joining us today is Rob Clayton, Superintendent of Warren County Public Schools in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Rob has worked in the field of education for 30 years. This past October, he was named the 2022 National Superintendent of the Year by the National Association of School Superintendents in Reno, Nevada. Rob has served as superintendent in Warren County since 2013 and is dedicated to student success. While serving as superintendent, the district has seen a 25% growth in students and under his tenure, The district's workforce has grown to nearly 3,000 employees across 28 of its schools and Warren County Public Schools is the fourth largest, fastest growing district in the state. It continues to grow. Rob has partnered with Studer Education since May of 2016. He's a leader known for being transparent, trustworthy, for bringing others together, and for modeling excellence. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome Rob to the show today. Rob, welcome.
1: Well, good afternoon, Janet. Uh, It's always a pleasure to be with you and looking forward to this.
0: Me too. I've been looking forward to it. So if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got into the field of education as we start today.
1: Well, this is my 30th year as an educator, 10th year as superintendent in Warren County Public Schools. Prior to that, I spent 13 years as a middle school administrator, half of that as an assistant principal, and then uh, the the last seven as a middle school principal prior to transitioning here to Warren County Public Schools. And then my first seven years in education, which began in 1993, was at the high school level, uh, Pleasure Park High School in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, when I think back to what, led me into the uh, education space. It really happened by by chance, uh, so to speak. I've looked at a number of career opportunities, uh, kind of thinking uh, that balance between something I, I thought I would enjoy doing, uh, but then also would uh, uh, provide an opportunity to um, really experience some, some cool things. And uh, just over time, I reflected on a variety of occupations. And as I thought more about what I really wanted to do with the rest of my life, it it kind of pointed back toward uh, education. I had a positive experience as a student, I was involved in school, and it just dawned on me almost as an epiphany that if I went into education, it, it might not feel like a job. Uh, I still remember my first job on the payroll. I was 13. I was a dishwasher. <laughs> and I watched that clock. Uh, I couldn't wait for lunch. And then when lunch came, uh, it was really watch the clock to, until uh, it was time to, to go home. And, and I did not want to do that uh, as a career. And uh, just feel very fortunate that uh, that light turned on toward education. And uh, it's one of those deals where even today, uh, I really want the clock to slow down. And I think anytime you can uh, spend your day uh, under that scenario, you you have to feel blessed. And, and then when you think about the impact, you know that you're uh, having an impact on, on students, helping them uh, have opportunities and staff. And so again, just feel very fortunate to be an educator.
0: Yeah. And thank, thank goodness you chose this profession, Rob, because I, um, we're fortunate to have you in the profession and I know the, the individuals in your district and community feel the same way. And one of the things as I've talked, um, you know, to people you've been connected with on our team, Nanette and Tim, you know, they always talk about you being a uh, transparent, that you built solid relationships in the community with all of the stakeholders that you connect with. So talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, why leading with transparency helps you lead and continue to build trust that you have in your community and in the district?
1: Well, I think anytime you you look at what does effective leadership look like, I think it's difficult to imagine that without uh, the terms that you just used, uh, trust, uh, transparency. Uh, I think in watching others lead, I've always tried to be observant of those best practices, but then also examining what may have, may not have been as effective. And the one thing that I always found to be a common denominator, the most effective leaders uh, were trusted uh, by the people that they were leading. We, we often talk about you can't be a leader if you don't have followers. And so what do you need to demonstrate to ensure that you do have followers so you can be a leader? And I think uh, trust is a, a critical component of that. And then when you think about what actions need to occur uh, to build that trust, I think it comes down to communication. Uh, We often talk about communication being uh, the most essential uh, leadership skill. And communication is not just what you say orally, it's what you do. Uh, We often communicate uh, who we are through our actions and uh, transparency is really uh, essential because if you're gonna build that trust, people need to know uh, not only your values, and, and where you stand, but I think in, in in these types of situations, especially today where we're, we're dealing with a lot of challenges, we're dealing with uh, uh, plenty of opportunities for people not to trust what we're doing. Uh, there, there's a, a, a good deal of cynicism out there um, and so going back to building that trust, you, you have to be transparent uh, one aspect that really resonates with me is I think it's important when things don't go as planned, uh, perhaps it's a mistake, uh, perhaps it was uh, a poor judgment, you really have to utilize those opportunities in front of your constituents to stand up and say, we didn't get this right, Uh, we could have done better. And I think when they see that you're willing to acknowledge a mistake or acknowledge that things didn't go as planned, you're gonna build that that trust. So that's uh, a really an important action, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, obviously we don't wanna get it wrong very often, <laughs> build a lack of trust if uh, you're not finding the right landing spot often enough. Uh, but again, we, we do try to be a little strategic in those times where things didn't go as planned, let's get out in front, let's put it out there. Uh, so down the road, um, we have that trust when uh, challenging times occur. And of course the pandemic has, uh, has really helped us uh, understand just the importance of building trust in, the, in your community with your constituents. And, and I think the other piece to that is being very clear uh, with your inner circle, uh, because they're gonna be communicating on your behalf as well. It's not always what you as an individual Uh, do but it's also the team that you surround yourself with and that's something we talk a lot about in our school district as we're trying to build leadership at all levels is really ensuring that you're surrounding yourself uh, with the right people the the people that can help you be better uh, the people who uh, can share the truth with you and uh, in time it's been my experience uh, you you often find the right landing spot with that uh, type of approach
0: yeah, you know, there are a couple of things that um, just really good insight, Rob, but a couple of things that hit me as you were talking. Um, it's really difficult to get transparency right if you fail at communication, right? And and I think there's, and it, it's that, how do we message things? How do we hear people? How do we look at what they need to hear and how to message that? And I know you all do a great job there. And the other thing that hit me is as you're talking about how you work with your leadership team it's not just you messaging out there it's building that consistent and aligned message um, and really uh, it doesn't just happen yeah, I'm sure you all work at it it's very intentional in nature and I think you you really your team you and your team really live that as well as I've I've known anyone to do that. And that transparency almost occurs because of it. That's kind of people are like, how am I transparent? Well, you you know, you do all kind of things to get to that point. Um, but but you have that 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 right intent and you're really focusing on that every day. And and I know, I know you work hard at that.
1: It is something that's always been at the forefront, a focus of ours as we build leadership. But I will tell you, our partnership with Studer has helped us be even more intentional and more clear in that aspect, Uh, whether it's the uh, survey results, when we get the feedback in a a systematic manner, um, we've really become much more intentional. Uh, I think of the term cascading. Uh, It was not in our vernacular when uh, we uh, began this journey as as a team in Warren County, but I can assure you that Uh, all levels of our organization understand uh, just how critical uh, cascading that information. And another point that that really resonates with me as well is we don't want to lead by mystery. Uh, I find it very important (laughs) that uh, everyone uh, have a a general idea uh, of your leader and how how can they uh, really understand uh, the decisions that you make? Well, you have to communicate. You have to be uh, transparent. I often use the term. I want people to kind of know. In many cases, what my response is going to be before you ask. Uh, I think if you're being effective in communicating, if you're effective in, in build, building trust, then in many cases, uh, your constituents are going to know that uh, that answer that you're getting ready to yeah. deliver because of your previous actions.
0: Yeah. So good. You know, and as you're talking um, and we're talking about being intentional and, you know, part of that is is um, developing leaders as well with the work that you've done. I know you, one of our first partners to work with us on um, something that's been relatively new with us is our Nine Principles Academy, but you've been highly focused on leadership development institutes and committing to developing your leaders. So can you talk a little bit about about that, Rob, and how you go about that and what your thoughts are with leader development?
1: Well, we've long known that you have to have a a well-defined process to achieving whatever goal you you desire. In fact, we uh, began this journey based on real four simple uh, principles, and that's define, determine the goal or, or the right landing spot, the desired outcome. What is it you're trying to achieve? And then you need to develop and implement a process to achieving that desired outcome. And then we talk about monitoring, whatever the process system that you have in place. And then that last, that fourth component is really holding people accountable uh, for the monitoring. In other words, if the uh, desired outcome is not being achieved, then what are you doing uh, to hold folks accountable for getting to uh, the right landing spot? And then Uh, Fast forward three years later, our partnership with uh, uh, Studer, uh, we learned that there's a more uh, eloquent and systematic way to uh, to achieve those those four uh, primary uh, aspects. And that's the nine principles. And so now uh, we are in a position where we can really break down uh, specifically what are those leadership strategies uh, in terms of what they need to look like. How do we uh, keep the focus on those those nine principles? Uh, I'm I'm proud to say that even in our condensed version that we were operating uh, from, uh, that framework, it it really meshed well with the nine principles, but uh, the partnership has enabled us to really uh, narrow that focus in individual uh, areas. And so... When we look at uh, the importance of leadership and why there's such a focus on leadership in our district, we long ago recognized that many of the challenges we face are are really um, can be resolved by effective leadership. Uh, Communication, for example. We know that effective leaders are highly effective communicators. I can still remember as a middle school principal uh, sitting at my desk, and it was about 5.31 afternoon, and I was reflecting on the day of what really the pain points were, and every one of those pain points came down, excuse me, to some form of communication, yeah. Whether it was a lack of communication, uh, miscommunication. Uh, it, it was really uh, an aha moment for me, and I sat there and thought, if I can really focus in on this communication, I can spend more time on other areas, right? It it really Mm -hmm. mitigates distractions. So we've kept that as a, as a priority and building the leadership at all levels. And then when I think about what does an organization of excellence look like? I, I don't know that I've necessarily had the opportunity to see an organization of excellence, so to speak, but I think we all would agree That wherever that highest performing organization is, whether it's in the education space or the private sector, business, you name it, you better believe that leadership is a focal point. Mm -hmm. And I feel blessed here that our district, our board, long recognized the importance of leadership in the development of our students. And we became a a leader in me, a district where we focused on those seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. Uh, in our our students. And so this was really just a nice uh, bridge and transition mm-hmm. uh, to focusing in on also uh, our adults at all levels. So not just at the mm-hmm. uh, central office or um, principals and assistant principals, but all the way down to the classroom. Uh, teachers who demonstrate uh, strong leadership have the most uh, highly effective classrooms. So All that being said, we're constantly evaluating the quality of leadership. How can we build uh, leadership capacity at all levels, not just in our senior level and executive level leadership, but all the way down through our kids. And we're confident that if we can continue to focus on leadership, a lot of these challenges we see, they disappear. Uh, And then uh, when you have less distractions, especially in a district our size, 18,000 plus students, um, you need to be able to, to spend your time in the areas that uh, are most effective and mitigating uh, those challenges is uh, essential and, and leadership really the key.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I, I'm three decades into my prof- professional life, Rob, and you know, I'm, I'm living it out with just what you're saying. I mean, there's nothing more important than really with leadership. It, it's hard to be excellent, it's hard to be. Excellent organization without great leaders. And I love what you said, too. It's not just a position. It's really everybody owning those the ability to be leaders in their own way, in their own position, even at the student level of what you're doing there, because it's um, without that, it's very difficult to really commit to excellence and achieve excellence. And I know that you do that. And I'm going to turn it back to you for a few minutes, because excellence begins with the leader, the executive leader. And I know, um, just congratulations on the state and national awards that have come your way. Um, And I know they've come your way because you've been highly committed um, to being the best leader that you can, can be. So I'd love for you, just from your perspective, to share with us how you model that commitment to excellence as an executive leader, you know, keeping yourself accountable and and others accountable in that process?
1: Well, I first had to begin by it's truly a a team effort. Um, I share with principals, our directors, uh, if you like yourself, you better surround yourself with great people. Uh, I can only imagine how difficult this job would be if uh, I wasn't surrounded by highly capable, highly effective, passionate, truly committed uh, people. Now, that being said, we all have to continue to grow. Uh, we talk about leadership. Well, it's really the leadership you're demonstrating today. Uh, the leadership we demonstrated yesterday, uh, two years ago, uh, it, it really is irrelevant. It's what are you doing in, in the present? And so we're, we're constantly reminding ourselves that growing is a, is a necessary component of Ineffective, uh, not only because uh, the, the challenges uh, continue to evolve, but you want to have followers, and followers uh, will uh, disappear if they <laughs> find that uh, you're you're stagnant. Uh, we know uh, highly motivated people want to be next to highly motivated people, right? And if not, right. uh, they'll they'll find somewhere else to go. So that is always uh, a, a changing bar. Uh, so to speak, uh, we, we have to uh, continue to find opportunities to grow uh, and you have to do it in that collaborative approach. Okay. Uh, organizations are far too complex to lead alone, yes. and uh, the awards and recognition. Uh, they won't come if you're not in a, a team environment where people are, are working day in, day out. Uh, to help you be right. That's another term uh, Mm -hmm. that I I share often. Uh, Our executive leadership, our cabinet members, their number one job is to to help me be right. Uh, Mm -hmm. That sounds selfish. But the reality is, if the CEO of the organization is finding the right landing spot, then everybody wins, not just uh, the students, uh, but the staff alike. Now, in turn, that's our role as central office administrators, is to help our principals, as an example, to be right. Mm -hmm. So what guidance, what support can we provide them to ensure that they're finding the right landing spot uh, with, again, the goal being uh, success for our students, uh, success for our staff? Uh, I go back to the pandemic. It's been a significant challenge on all people, not just in, in education. I think of the medical field. I cannot imagine uh, the the challenges that uh, uh, those individuals face throughout the the pandemic. And as we move forward, if we're not focused on leadership, uh, I find it difficult to believe that you'll find continuous improvement. Uh, We're going to always look for opportunities to build uh, the leadership capacity. We're going to do it in in a manner where uh, we're working together, uh, we're challenging each other, uh, we're learning from one another. It's when you operate in isolation, you find yourself uh, uh, missing the mark. Uh, just as an example, you, you're making ten decisions in a day. Let's say, well, nine out of ten correct decisions sounds like a pretty high mark. It's ninety percent. Well, it depends, right? If yeah. you're that, uh, if you're that ten percent, uh, that's failure. And mm-hmm. so we know we're not going to be perfect, but that's really what we need to strive for because that's impacting your son or daughter. Uh, Perhaps it's impacting your spouse, uh, this family. Uh, We have to have processes and systems in place where uh, we're hitting the mark uh, uh, most of the time. And again, I don't have the capacity to do that in a a silo or in isolation. I don't think many people do. And so we talk Mm -hmm. often about how can we do this together, uh, challenge each other, learn from one another, and, and again, if if we do that extremely well, we're going to find uh, maybe not an organization of excellence, but we're going to find a very highly successful
0: organization. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked about as you cascade to your executive teams, your senior team, to the principals. Let's go the other way on this next question. You know, thinking about the board, you mentioned your relationship with the board and the significance of the board. So um, can you talk a little bit about, the work that you're currently doing, where you're identifying gaps with that communication, those feedback loops from the boardroom to the classroom. So, when you think about from the boardroom to the classroom, what are you what are you working on as you're identifying how you approach um, excellence in that way?
1: Well, we first of all try to be very systemic in that, in in terms of ensuring that, uh, as an example, each week uh, our board is uh, is made aware of all the Uh, The important uh, aspects of the district Uh, we break it down organizationally from uh, three standpoints Uh, that's uh, operationally uh, academically and from a finance excuse me standpoint so we want our board to have a clear understanding of where we are in those three particular areas Uh, and we do that on a weekly basis uh, in terms of a systemic manner but then there's also uh, instances that will occur during the week where that communication will uh, occur more frequently. And uh, we operate that way as a district. Uh, We have a a cabinet member in each of those uh, categories. They're given uh, significant autonomy to lead in those particular areas. And then we model that for our principals. So then they uh, can in turn operate in in a systemic manner uh, at the school level, whether it be through their students, their staff, and then certainly their their, uh, parent community. Um, Another key aspect to uh, how we cascade information and and focus on communication is being cognizant of uh, the importance of who is the messenger. Uh, I will often find myself asking cabinet members who needs to be the messenger in this. Does it need to be the superintendent? Does it need to be the the chief academic officer. Now, uh, in uh, full transparency, uh, that was done initially, not because it was necessarily this uh, best practice in leadership. I wish I could tell you I was that, <laughs> that sharp and, and wise up front. It was really, I didn't want to be uh, the sole messenger, right? I didn't want it to, uh, to be a situation where only the superintendent was delivering uh, the important information. Um, and what we've learned over time, and not only does that empower other leaders, uh, to go out and, uh, uh exhibit, uh, you know, strong ownership. Uh, you know, we talk about, you can mandate compliance. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that uh, the CEO right. can do, the superintendent can do to, to ensure a certain bar is met or a certain standard, but you have to inspire excellence. And so what are those characteristics that, uh, to lead, um, an administrator or another leader uh, to be highly uh, effective. Well, in most cases they're inspired. Uh, there's a sense of ownership. Uh, they they feel the accountability, they want the accountability, mm-hmm. uh, but they also want that ownership and uh, uh, the ability to, uh, to put their stamp on it, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are little things that we often talk about as mm-hmm. we try to build uh, leadership. Uh, I'll give you another example. If it's a a significant safety concern, I can tell you um, if it's a district-wide safety concern, you're always going to hear from the superintendent. We're not going to delegate that communication to someone else. Uh, At the school level, if there's a safety concern, we've made it very clear the principal needs to be uh, the messenger on that. Uh, But then when you look at other important uh, pieces of communication, i do find it important to uh, allow others to be the messenger uh, again you'll you'll build that leadership capacity across your district but then also you'll find at times uh, it it plays a significant role in terms of how well that message is received yeah. and i think that's sometimes overlooked and uh, mm-hmm. we don't want to be in a situation where uh, the messenger mattered and we I, have the wrong messenger
0: yeah Yeah. So good. You know, as you're talking to, I just, um, Tim talks about your work of communicating, you know, well as an art. And I I love this as we close today, you know, I think we can, we can talk about tactical things that we can do. We can, we can practice the way we key message things and a cascade that information and alignment. Um, But I love the idea that there's an art to this as well, Rob and, and, Tim describes you as really having being a master at not only the science of what we do tactically, but, but the art of it. So as we close today, can you share a little bit about what you think Tim means when he talks about that, and um, referencing you?
1: Well, first of all, I think he's far, far too kind, but <laughs> hey, this business we will take all the compliments we can, <laughs> we can get. We don't, we don't get too many, but, uh, in, in all seriousness, um, uh, to me, I think it goes down to being strategic. And and again, I I have to acknowledge uh, when I became an administrator in 2000, uh, I remember that term strategic leadership. And and my narrow way of thinking was, first of all, I'm not strategic. And then secondly, that meant I had to create something, right? I had to to have an outcome, so to speak, uh, of demonstrating uh, being strategic. And I've learned. Uh, over the last uh, two decades that strategic really is a, just being conscious conscious of um, your process of being conscious of uh, what needs to be considered uh, before making decisions, for example. Uh, we talk about important decisions. you need to have the right people at the table. Well, who knows who the right people are? Well, you have to ask. And, and right now we're uh, in a four year plan of building, A leadership and innovation high school is an example. Mm. We spent the last six months, six months bringing who we think are the right people to the table, because, again, we want to get uh, to that right landing spot. And I think uh, when when Tim talks about uh, communication, we're trying to communicate that, A, this is an open project. Uh, We want your input. Uh, We need your input. Uh, we we want to demonstrate through our communication. And again, it's not just the the oral, but the, through our actions that we need you before we start making uh, these important decisions. And I know there's some cynicism. I've had. Uh, uh, I've led principal searches and uh, and had parents come up to me afterwards and saying this was really open. Well, it, it absolutely was because it was critical if you're going to come and spend time at the table helping us determine who the next best leader needs to be then you need to see that it genuinely uh, needs and requires uh, your input. So I think a lot of it just goes back to being strategic, uh, being cognizant of most challenges we face are due again uh, to some form of of communication. So if you're strategic in that area and being mindful of that, and again, doing it with the help of others, uh, I can assure you, uh, none of this communication that occurs in this district out of the office of the superintendent is coming uh, just from one individual. In other words, we uh, we have multiple people that will uh, weigh in, share their uh, their insight, and uh, and I think the last piece I want to mention is is self awareness. Uh, mm-hmm. We see this to be a challenge for for some leaders, whether it's because of a lack of confidence, uh, maybe a lack of understanding, and it certainly could be a, a lack of wisdom. Uh, there's a variety of, of reasons why. Uh, some uh, struggle with self-awareness, but I, I tell you, I, I think it's really critical. And, and the best way to become self-aware is to sh- surround you, yourself with people that when you ask them, okay, how did that go? Uh, do I need to follow up on that? Was there a lack of clarity? Uh, did the message come across as, as intended? You, you have to have people that are comfortable enough to say yes and or no and then let them help you, again, uh, get it right by uh, helping guide uh, whatever the message needs to be or or whatever needs to be communicated.
0: Yeah, and that goes back to where we started, Rob, with trust, right? It's doing those things that you need to do to build that trust so that people have, feel like that they can be honest and open um, with that feedback. You know, I, I, uh, as we as we leave today, I just, my mind is going back to years ago when I had an opportunity to, to visit your district and sit with you for a little bit as you started the journey. And as we continue to talk for some years to get there and you're our first Kentucky district to partner with us. And um, I just, I'm all smiles when I when I hear you and hear the work that you've done and the leader that you are and, and the one that you've become, I, I just, feel so proud for you and so proud for your district, your state and for us in education. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janet, it's my pleasure. As I mentioned, it is so great to have Rob with us today. I remember the first time I met Rob years ago as he was entering the superintendency and over the years he has done a tremendous job of leading his district, leading his people, reaching out into the community and building those trusting relationships with very intentional work. Rob is a star leader. And I wanna say once again, congratulations on the excellence that you've achieved as an individual and as you have shared with others in your community and in your district. And I know Rob, what you would say is it's because you have such a great team and it's that working team together within the Warren School District that really helps you all achieve the excellence that you have achieved over the years. We are appreciative of the contributions that you and your team make in our profession. Thank you. We're looking forward to our first in-person event of the year, Destination High Performance which will be held in Estacada, Oregon, March 14th and 15th. We'd love you to join us there for an inside look at our improvement journey from leaders in education across the country. They'll share their stories of continuous improvement in action from the district to the classroom. To learn more, head to studereducation.com slash events. As always, I thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Performance. Please feel free to share this episode with a friend or colleague you think will enjoy today's topic. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles framework so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.